Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig, and I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. We are uh, going to bring a podcast today uh, with uh, our founder, Rocky Fleming. Rocky, uh, welcome. Thank you, Brian. It's good to be here. Good to be back with you after a few weeks of interviewing some other folks. But uh, uh, Rocky, uh, we uh, we as as we we pray about what to do every week, and 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 God just the things that we're wrestling with and talking to people about, it seems like these are topics that are in front of us. And so we like to to present uh, these to our audience out there as things we're processing through and wrestling with and hope uh, the spirit will bring some wisdom and truth to, to us and to our, our ministry and those out there serving in our ministry. So uh, Rocky, we were talking yesterday about, I guess it, it was really started out as talking about some challenges that some of our lead journey leaders were having. Um, we had a group that was feeling like their group was getting off on political issues and it was dividing their group and it was, it was spoiling what God was trying to do in that group. Um, we had another group where there was a lot of uh, real needy people that had a lot of personal needs and sin struggles and challenges. And the, the leader was just feeling beat down trying to carry all those burdens. Um, and then a few weeks ago, I had somebody talking about some uh, theological differences that were were coming into a group and dividing a group and causing, you know, a person wanting to drop out of a group or something because they they got a difference of opinion with someone else in the group. So um, we were just talking about this, Rocky, and I think all of it could be summed up as horizontal challenges that are impeding the vertical ascent that we're trying to do in the journey. So. Let's just dive in wherever you want to dive in, Rocky. But I think we we want to seek the Lord on this together, and and we do have a scripture we can read. But but first, your initial thoughts on on these things I just mentioned. Sure, Brian. The uh, we're we're twenty years now in this ministry, and we've uh, ministered to thousands, tens of thousands of men and women in different parts of the the country and and different parts of the world. And uh, and the challenge has always been there. It seems to be now uh, maybe a little bit uh, accentuated. Uh, but early on, I'll say this, we had to fight, fight, literally fight uh, for the DNA to help it be understood and to protect it as we expanded groups outward and got away from our home base. And what we found was that there were a lot of motivating factors for people wanting to use the journey, but those motivating factors for them was more about it being an encounter group or an accountability group or, or a group that's designed uh, around the platform of many other groups. And, and that is not the journey. And so we identified and have been saying it through years that there are two our orientations with with a, uh, a group of people that gather. One is to either be horizontally uh, oriented, and that is to meet each other's needs, take care of each other, to encourage one another, to 
to uh, be accountable to one another. Uh, and this is a kind of a community type thing uh, that helps meet emotional needs and relation needs. Then there's a vertical orientation. And a vertical orientation has to do with let's keep our eyes on Christ and let's move that way. Now, people will say, well, wait a minute now. That's, that's, you're trying to exclude one of the most important things of, of gathering. And, um, and that is the need for people to have community. And the answer to that is no, we're not. We're trying to empower it. And the reason uh, we say that is because uh, the journey is, is the foundation is built on the promise in John 15 about if you abide, you will bear fruit. Apart from abiding, you will not bear fruit. And we have seen that the fruit of a, a journey group that is vertically oriented, learning to abide in Christ, the fruit of that is the relationship they build with each other. And it goes beyond just mere uh, gathering together and asking, how's your day? It goes uh, beyond just a, a friendship, even deep friendships. It, 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 it really uh, invades the territory of a covenant relationship that will be there for life. That is the kind of fruit that is born as a result of vertical orientation. Now, here's one of the problems we've had, Brian, and that is if we've gotten away from center here and we've had different uh, people that have tried to take the journey and make it their own, they have tried to, again, make it horizontally driven. And when they do that, it will not reproduce. It does not bear fruit. It does not bear fruit in the relationship building, and it does not reproduce. We know that to be true. And that's why we have spent enormous amount of time helping them understand the unique characteristics of the journey. And because we know if they stay with the DNA, the way it has been inspired, then it will produce that which they long for. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we can't be policemen on that. This is a grace-driven process. We can be messengers, and we message it very strongly uh, all the time. Now, recently, we have people that have gotten really hyper uh, with their emotions, uh, especially in this political arena. We, we have a country that is divided. I mean, it's 50-50. Mm -hmm. uh, there are extremists on each one of those that are bitter enemies. And I believe if they had guns in their hands, they would kill each other. I mean, it's that bad. And somewhere in between are the people that they're trying to convince to get them to see things the way they do. And so what happens is you have at worst uh, uh, anarchy on both sides. And then in the middle is just agitation all the time. Now, I get that. We have a country that, that allows that. We've had that since the beginning. That's why we're a democracy. But I don't get it in the body of Christ. Hmm. I do not get that there are divisions in the body of Christ based on political choices. And if you start to try to spiritualize your political choices, 
and exclude people out there who don't know Christ or need to know Christ. And in fact, you might need to know Christ. When we start doing that, then we're being suckered into divisions that take away the intentionality of the body of Christ and its, and its purpose. Mm. And that's why we have to get back to our purpose. Now, I can sit here and talk to you about our purpose as a ministry of influencers and the journey, because that's been you know downloaded to us, and we're the stewards of it. We're the guardians of it. I can talk to you about that, but I tell you what, I think I can talk to you also about the local church. I can talk to you about the Baptists and the Methodists and the Pentecostal and every one of them. If they have divisions in there that are based on race or based on politics or based on cultures, do you get it? Do you, do you feel how this is breaking our king's heart? Do we understand how this breaks the heart of the one who nailed himself to the cross for us? And we can fight among each other about a silly political issue when our purpose is to honor him and we do so by loving each other. I'm, uh, I tell you, Brian, I was talking to you about it before. I think that the closer we get to the Lord, we feel his mercy, therefore we have to give his mercy. Mm-hmm. We feel his grace and we have to give his grace. We feel his compassion and we have to give his compassion. And I can tell you this, the closer we get to him, we can feel his hurt. And I believe we can feel his anger. And I feel that he is hurt and angry over the divisions in the body of Christ in this country because of something as silly as politics. And as the journey for the journey, uh, we will remind them all the time that if they want to bring this in to the journey, make it about create divisions because of something like politics, then that is not the journey because that is horizontally driven and they're reacting horizontally. And they need a big dose of both going vertically to find what's common in their relationship. And their com- what's in common is not politics. And it's not the color of their skin. It's not their culture. What's in common is the blood of Christ and the tie, the bind of Calvary on our lives. Mm-hmm. Until we start getting back to that, Brian, uh, we're going to have divisions because division, that's the tool of the enemy. He diverts us away from our mission, and he divides us from each other. It's time for us to battle back, brother. You know, Rocky, you reminded me of a verse I read a couple weeks ago in 1 John 3. Um, basically, I'll go to 24. It says, whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And so that's, that's pretty powerful. It's like, okay, well, that's a test of whether or not you're abiding, because we say abiding is the key, right? And so you go back a few verses up to learn what the commandments are. Here's the, the, this is the commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he commanded us. And so that's speaking to what you're talking about, which is what we put forth in the journey is we bear the fruit of the spirit as we abide, and then, and then we share it, basically. And, you know, one of the fruits, is, the first fruit of the spirit is love. 
So we are sharing that love with others. And when that is the core of what's going on in a journey group is loving God and loving others, it becomes very healthy. And, and people can have differences of opinion. They can have, they can be in different places on their spiritual journey. Some we've had pastors have been pastors for 40 years. We've had some who probably weren't even believers in Jesus when they started the journey. They were by the end. And it's funny how that love can bring everybody together. You've seen it too, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think about uh, Joshua when he was getting ready to go into the, uh, was it Joshua or Jacob? I have to go back and refresh myself on the scriptures, but he says that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I believe that was Joshua. Yeah, Joshua, right. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. And he preceded that by saying, you know, you can choose who you want to follow. It's up to you. It's a, it's a, it's a free choice now. It's free will here. Who are you going to follow? But as for me and my house, we will, we will follow the Lord. We will serve the Lord. And I think that's where we are right now as a, uh, and I'm talking to the church here. I'm not talking to the rest of the people. I'm talking about my brothers and sisters in Christ. If there's non-believers that are on here listening to me, you won't understand what I'm saying. But if there are people that are body of Christ, which we believe most of them are, and they're, they're interested in it, then I'm talking to them. I'm talking to you and me. And that is, who are we going to choose to follow? Today, choose who you will follow. Because if you're going to follow the Lord, you're not going to entangle yourself in these things in the world. Uh, yeah, I mean, I understand that we have to vote. I understand all these things. And they're Christian politicians. I got that. But they are not to rule our life. They're not. Our king is the king, almighty king. Almighty God is our king, the king of glory. And uh, we have got to get back to asking the question, who am I following here? So th that's my, my thought on that. Let me, let me read this verse, Rocky, because uh, Paul, who started so many churches, you talk about talking to the church. Um, uh, in Ephesians 4, it's, it's like Paul had received, he was always receiving reports how the churches were doing. And, and it's obvious that he was hearing troubling reports sometimes about what was going on with the believers. And they were fighting or dividing, like you, like you said, divisions among them. In Ephesians 4, this is kind of one of his uh, letters he wrote from prison. Because it says, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you, he's urging them, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. And he says, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one, one another in love, all those sound like fruit of the Spirit to me, uh, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Yeah. And so he's, it sounds like, you sound like Paul. <laughs> and I, you know, I think we're trying to appeal to our brothers and sisters out there like Paul was saying, don't fall for the enemy schemes. Don't fall for these tricks. Keep abiding and letting that fruit bring you into, into unity with your brothers and sisters. As we all go vertical together, we will, be, we will draw more un, become more unified. We may not all agree on everything, but we'll be more unified in the spirit. Yeah. Well, we're, we're called to be unified, but not uniform. Right. Now, the problem I feel is that we've had a political emphasis on diversity. 
that we've got to be diverse to be politically correct. But you know what? That's not our prime goal. Prime goal is not to be diverse. Our prime goal is to be unified. And we're going to be diverse. That's just the, the nature of God's creation. We're all diverse. We're diverse. I mean, we have diverse children in the same family. I have three sisters, and I'm different from them. And I have three children. They're all different. I have 11 grandchildren. They're all different. They're diverse. But we are a family. We're unified as a family. And, and it's the same way in the body of Christ. We have diversity. And th the fact is that we should accept all people in the body of Christ that are diverse in, uh, in all the things that we know that, that we speak of that are diverse. But that's not our goal. And when we start making that our goal, when we start doing that, we're caving into a political agenda where I say, let's follow the agenda of God and his agenda is say, love one another. Now, isn't that better? Isn't that the greatest form of acceptance is to love one another? Doesn't love generate respect? Doesn't love generate compassion and mercy? Those are the things that people are wanting, compassion and mercy. People are wanting uni unity. But you're not going to get unity as long as you're trying to emphasize diversity. When you're trying to drive this thing politically. And we don't we we can't be suckered into that in the body of Christ. Because I do believe that abiding in Christ changes hearts. It changed me. I was a kid from Mississippi. I was raised in a culture that did not admire diversity. And as I grew in Christ and my relationship with him, he, he, he taught me. He reformed my whole perspective of people. And I believe the answer for the, for the body of Christ with this diversity issue, I think the answer for everybody in diversity issue is with Jesus and really getting to know him. And I can't require millions of people in this country to do that. But I will, I will emphasize as strongly as I can to those of us in the body of Christ to find, to find what we're longing for in our intimate relationship with Christ. And it will work its way out to the way we look at people and the way we deal with them and the way we deal with each other. And, and Brian, a journey group, if it's left alone, it will do that. It will take the diverse people and it will move them on a journey into intimacy with Christ that will create a bond with each other, a unity with each other that this world cannot give. But if you make it about the diversity and you hold there, it'll fracture a group and it will not take it forward because it's not about a horizontally driven encounter. It's about encounter with Jesus. And this is the passion I feel from him about that, that, that uh, truth. So what, what advice would you give to journey guides who are struggling in their group? Um, maybe they're, um, maybe they're having one of these issues where the group's getting divided or something like that. 
what advice would you give to a journey guide on how to get it back on track? Well, Brian, I have, uh, I've always felt like that, uh, there's a, there's something bigger than a person's, uh, where he is at the point, at the point when they get in there. And I try to cast a vision for them. If they will stay with the process, that it will move them to where they'll eventually want to be. But I've had several different people that have come in, not all the time. I try to do a pretty good job of recruiting to a journey group and, and try to weed them out as they go because I want them to know the commitment that it's needed. But on a couple occasions, I have had to ask uh, uh, people to leave the journey group. Uh, and I've, I've done so kindly. I've said, I don't think what we're, where we're headed and what we're doing is what you're looking for. Because I have seen people that have come in looking for a horizontal encounter, uh, more of a, an accountability group, uh, addictions, and this, that, and the other, that they're, they're wanting people to prop them up and help them. And I've referred them to uh, Celebrate Recovery and various other places that would address that particular need in there. I've had some people that have been argumentative. Uh, their their purpose is not to uh, go through a gentle flow of this. They want to restructure it and make it a, a Bible study, so to speak, a theological argument on every point of view, uh, where most of the people that are coming in this don't have a lot of understanding of Scripture. We're trying to teach them to self-feed. And I can find people that are wanting to be the professor in there. And I've had to have a, a frank talk with them. And in some occasions, I say, I don't think this is for you. And the reason why is because I feel that it's so vitally important that we stay on track with this vertical orientation. Now, my advice to any, any guide out there, and that, that is if they find any of the people within their group that are trying to take this a different way from the way it's inspired, then lovingly, either move them back towards center where we're headed vertically and understand that about it and to be patient and let it work its way in their heart as it teaches them how to self-feed and not only read scripture, but absorb it. And as it ushers them into an intimate presence of the Lord. Um, and it's a nine month process. It's not a hurry up, get it done. It's a nine month process. But if these people are not wanting to follow the, the, the process as, as it's been inspired, then my suggestion is that they need to ask them to maybe find a different group. Uh, because I think there are other people in that group that are vertically oriented. They're wanting that. They're looking for that. And I think it's important for a guy to protect his group that way. You know, Brian, I've said it all along. You said it, I've said it many times that Satan's work is to divide and to divert. And these, uh, we're talking about divisions here because of, you know, the, the things that we've, we're struggling with in the political arena. But uh, there's a diversion here as well. And that is, you can even take a group of people that are all harmonious. But then they get hanging out, just enjoying their relationship, and they they don't ever go with the journey. And man, they're they're having fun time with each other, but they're not growing in Christ because they're not vertically oriented. So it's not all about divisions. It could very well be about a diversion. 
Now, we can broaden that and say it's not just journey group because look at the local churches. Um, how, how many churches have been diverted from their mission? Sometimes they grow so big that they have to adjust to their form and they're diverted from their original mission. Uh, sometimes they might get so politically involved uh, that they begin to become more of a political um, place for gathering. Uh, to create social change, and that's their mission rather than the mission of helping people know Christ. Satan diverts, and he divides, and we have to be on alert to it. Yeah, you mentioned something about uh, groups that are are very enjoy each other and all that. I, I've no, I've seen groups that have been meeting for years, and then they they decide they'll just use the journey as their curriculum for a season. I've seen those groups struggle with the journey because. Because they just, yeah, they liked it the way it was. Just kind of like, let's keep it kind of surfacy and light, you know, not very deep. And then you start the journey and it starts penetrating the heart and guys just don't know how to deal with it. So they, it's hard with guys that already have that familiarity with each other sometimes. It, that yeah, kind of rem- reminds me of a group of guys that go to a football game every every Saturday, you know, and they sit together and they, man, they go, they have meals together and they talk about it after they get through and they, and they wear the, the same colors of their team. And man, they're, they're just as avid fans and they, you know, man, football to them is very important, but you take that same group of guys and you put them on the field and, and you suit them up and you say, now play football. Okay. Now hold on now. This is, this is more difficult. Uh, th- this is not just watching. This is playing the game. This is the real deal. They're out there blocking and tackling and getting hurt mm. and hurting. <laughs> and, you know, Brian, there are a lot of fans out there for Jesus, but he's wanting players. And, and you know, well, sometimes we have groups that are like football fans that go watch games together, and they enjoy doing that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if they want to grow in Christ, it's going to take more than that. It's going to take them getting out of the stands, suiting up, and learning how to play. Yeah, there's there's got to be that breaking and reforming and all that that we've seen happen over and over again. And, you know, I, I wanted to say this because there's a lot of guides who might be listening to this. It's really hard to measure, isn't it? I, it's, as, as a leader, sometimes it's hard to measure what's going on with the people. And, and, you know, because we tend to want to see some guy break down in tears or see some sort of dramatic demonstration of transformation. You don't always see it, you know, and your job as the, as the guide is not to try to create that kind of stuff. Your, your job is to be faithful to the process, faithful to the Lord, because he's the one who's doing the work. And you may, do, you may not get to see it. You may not see it till later or, or it may show up down the road. Um, and I think some guides get off track a little bit if they're not seeing immediate you know, result or fruit right in front of them. And they've yeah. just got to be encouraged to stick to the process. I think of Chris Hislop in your first group. I think <laughs> you know what I'm going to say, right? Over in Tulsa. How many years ago was that? Gosh, that was 15 years ago. 15 years ago. And Chris is a great guy. And he is an active fellow in Tulsa, just loving the Lord, serving people. I mean, biggest heart in the world. And, uh, but <laughs> y'all, you didn't know him real good back then. And, and I think that at first y'all thought he didn't talk. 
<laughs> he just sat there and listened, and he didn't say anything. But he, he he gave a testimony later on. He says, the reason I didn't say anything, I couldn't say anything because I'd break down crying because it was a, such a profound thing that was going on in him. You couldn't see the depth that was stirring in that man until later when it burst forth into the public view. <laughs> And there are other people like that. But, you know, what I look for, Brian, I look for hunger. Mm -hmm. I look for a person that goes and takes a bite of a meal and their eyes brighten up and they like, hmm, I'm going to take another bite of that. Mm. And that's the way I look at my guys. And that is, is there an interest? Is, is Is there a hunger? It's not legalism. If they just do the work and it doesn't change their heart, that doesn't accomplish the the orientation. This is not a legalistic approach. This is a grace-driven process. But as they begin to journey, it's like being on that banquet table and journey in a chamber, you know. They get a little spoon feeding coming at them, but then they want more, and they start picking up the spoon. And as they progress, they begin to start growing. You see the outward signs. Yeah, you start seeing some some early on transformation, uh, and it's a beautiful sight, isn't it? Because we know it works. Well, and and in every group I've led, uh, there's always challenges, and maybe some of these groups that we were talking to this week, these are just challenges. The good news is Satan thinks he's won, but they're always an opportunity for God to show Himself in a powerful way and redeem yeah. things and and turn things around. And so uh, I pray that for these groups that are struggling, that that the guides will just let the Holy Spirit turn it, work it for good, as as God can only do. There is hope for any situation like that. And I would say that the last thing, the last thing we want to do is ask someone to leave. That's not, that's not grace at all. But that would be the last thing. And even then, it's so that they can find what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and because it might not be the journey is for them, but I will tell you this, that I think the hope that's going to be found in the, in the divisions that might occur in the journey group is, is earnest conversation about what we have in common. Let us, let us work on that, which we have in common. Mm-hmm. Let's not let our political persuasion are the things that are our interest to invade this hallowed time that we have, this holy time. Let us go vertically together. Let us learn to love one another, and maybe we'll understand each other better as we go down the road. And if somebody is willing to do that, then, man, we've saved, saved the journey, and it can keep going. Uh, you don't, the only time you want to pull the the plug to ask them to leave is if you don't have any hope for that. Yeah. If there's an agenda there that's, that's driving this that has to do with division, if there is an agenda to create division or to create diversion, we have to see that as, a, as if it's, a, it's a, a person being used by the, by the, the evil man. And, you know, they're a victim. But at the same time, they're being used. So I would say that it's important for us to 
but keep our purpose to help people learn to have a, an intimate relationship with Christ in the journey. And we do that by always emphasizing the vertical direction. Well, thank you, Rocky. We're out of time for today's podcast, but uh, I want to close with, I'm going to read that verse one more time that we just read from Paul in Ephesians 4. And this is to all influencers out there everywhere. I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. This has been the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples.